0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Divide. Today we'll be talking about virtual reality, the state of the current hardware and games and what's coming on the horizon. My name is John Wordsworth and I'm here with Chris Ford and Ben Dodson. Let's start with you Chris, how are things in sunny England?
1: Well, it's not sunny. We've been, (laughs) we we have had uh, just a blanket cloud for as long as I can remember. But uh, otherwise everything's... Peachy, thank you.
0: Peachy, you've been on vacation since the last year, right?
1: I have. I've been on uh, holiday, we prefer to call it.
0: <laughs> Semester.
1: Yes, I have. You missed all of the sunshine. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, when I went on holiday, we, the first week was also blanket cloud, and it was like 20 degrees, which was really disappointing for the south of France. But uh, it's fine, because um, I was drinking so much wine that I didn't really notice.
0: <laughs> so it's like being at home, then?
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely except i couldn't understand what anyone was saying
0: and the wine was better right? Could you?
1: the wine was better in half the price and twice and twice as nice yeah basically
0: cool and how are things with you ben
1: yeah good i'm, I'm glad
2: that the uh, it has been very sunny here um it was 34 degrees one day good uh, lord
1: week of the week before and that did not sit well with me at all oh. No, did you? How happy. did you know that it was 34 degrees? Because presumably you were in your dark room with
0: the with the aircon on.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the aircon told me how hot it was before I turned it on.
0: <laughs> and remember once a day he has but to sit and look sick. out the window hoping to watch people get wet in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> so he got disappointed with that.
2: Uh, no, I, I'm very happy now that it is cloudy. Um, it rained yesterday and I was walking around in a T-shirt just going, oh, this is nice.
0: So no, I'm good. I'm good. Cool. It's been... Uh, probably time that you hear a bit of a Swedish weather update, the most important part of the show, so it's been uh, yeah, it's been pretty hot here as well, the same sort of story, not quite as hot as in the UK, it's been high 20s, so I've possibly hit 30 once or twice, but um, I think much like when I was in the UK, the place isn't really built for it, so it's nice-ish when you're outside, and then you get home and you realise it's still 30 degrees in your house, and you're like... <sighs> So it's an annoying thing about Americans
2: when you go, oh, God, it's so hot. It's like, Like that's nothing. It's even hotter over here. And it's like, yeah, but you've got air conditioning in every building. Yeah. Like, and then you go from a building into a car. You don't go outside. You lazy bastards. <laughs> so um,
1: <laughs> also yeah. they, they they don't understand the difference between uh, centigrade and Fahrenheit. So you say it's 30 and they say, oh, you create, it's like 90 here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: we love you, Americans. Keep listening, listening yeah. to our show. You know.
1: Yeah. I, I did not approve that. Vito. <laughs>
0: Unless you vote Trump, then it's all over. Yeah. Oh. oh. But yeah.
1: We, been... we, we just lost our entire redneck portion of the audience. <laughs> go Hill Dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but no, the weather's been good. Things have been ticking along. And uh, everyone just goes on vacation in July in Sweden. It's, it's kind of, it's been super quiet in the office out of... Maybe 150 people There's been 15 or 20 in the office for this month
1: You and your wife, the only people left in Stockholm
0: Pretty well, Apart from all the tourists obviously coming here But even the commuter train is really quiet in the morning so.
1: Like 28 days later Just without <laughs> the zombies
0: <laughs> The tourists just come out in the afternoon So when you, by the time you come home it's busy But in the morning it's, uh, it's just dead and quiet So it's pretty cool Not many meetings at work, lots of time to code Nice So um, we've got Quite a lot of follow up to rattle through, and most of it's
2: your spin. So Yay. let's kick off with ukulele. I'll be quick. Yeah, ukulele, uh, we talked about it, I think, when we talked about Kickstarters and again when we were talking about games we were looking forward to this year. Um, it got pushed back to next year now, but ukulele is the uh, 3D platformer puzzly thing, mm-hmm. very much in the same vein as Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong Country, all that kind of stuff, uh, by the same people. Um, And their toy box came out this week, uh, which was like a Kickstarter reward where it's like an alpha version, but it isn't the game itself. It's like a separate little toy box they've made Uh so that you can just see how the interaction works and stuff like that. And it was pretty good. I mean, yeah, it's an hour long experience, which is cool. I mean, it's quite quite a lot of stuff in there. Um, I wasn't blown away by it, but then it's got shitty textures because it's just... Showing off the characters more than anything else, mm. but it's interesting. And if you like go on YouTube or something, you'll find loads of videos of people who've played through it and demoed it all. Um, See, so yeah, it was pretty interesting, but uh,
0: nothing cool.
2: earth-shattering. It's just sort of more of the same. I found the controls to be quite fiddly, actually, and irritating. And it reminded me of actually those games were wonderful at the time, but the camera angles were shit then as well. And it's <laughs> kind of sad that they haven't fixed it. Ten, fifteen, twenty years later, we're still. Can't angle the camera properly when swimming, but uh, (laughs) nothing's changed since the Nintendo sixty-four.
0: Is it coming out on console as well as PC?
2: Yes. So this toy box is only on PC.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but it's coming to let me get this right: uh, PC, Mac, and Linux, (laughs) PS
1: four, and Xbox One. Linux. Yep. Does anything specifically come to Linux?
2: Yes, most Steam games do because if you built it with um. Unity, then it automatically works on uh, that for okay. both people that run Steam on Linux. Okay, yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: excellent. Catch up with the times, Chris. Come
1: on. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm really sorry. People, when people start talking about Linux around me, I usually just like just shut down, and stop listening. <laughs>
2: Since you've been back from France, uh, Ubuntu has become the most used operating system in the world. Everyone uses it now. Uh, no one uses OS X or Windows 10. We've just moved to Ubuntu.
0: Yeah, God. So, it's fun times. If you can't use the it's server, the you can't times. use the PC. Sorry. End um. times. <laughs> so um, sticking on the the gaming theme, should we move on to Doom? Yeah. I've been, playing, mark. I've been playing
1: Doom. Which, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. <laughs> well, I tell you how it came about. I
2: bought a gaming PC, and uh, I chose a um, ASUS Republic of Gamers motherboard and it came with a free copy of doom and i was like no chance i'm playing that i'll uh, i'll give that to john because i would have given it to you chris but uh, you don't have a pc so it wouldn't do not. so i was like i'll give it to john and he was like quite oh yeah awesome thank you because he was going to buy it and played through it and said it was good and then when i bought my asus monitor i got another free copy of doom <laughs> i was like well, i've got no one to give this copy of doom to so i'll just install it because i might as well and then they did the update where they um let you use the new Vulkan APIs that John mentioned a few episodes back. And um, I thought, like, oh, well, I'll have a look just to see how it looks and try out the new graphics card. And it does look nice. I mean, I get a full 100 frames a second plus at ultra-wide 3, 440 by 1, 440 uh, resolution at ultra settings. Um, so it looks really good and very smooth. And I played through the first bit and I was like, Well this hasn't shit me up too much. Um, <laughs> and it's quite fun. And then one night I think I was drunk, uh, probably. Um, I picked it up again and I was like, Yeah, I'll play through a little bit of this and enjoyed it a huge amount. Hmm. And then I got all nostalgic for the original Doom because it's much more like original Doom. than It's it a is lot like, like
1: it, isn't 3.
0: it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's really like the original Doom and like it it's really evocative of it in, in really quite subtle ways. I don't. It it just feels like you're playing little it. things, like the way that doors when they open, they make the same
2: noise that they did, like in original Doom. That sort of noise,
1: which I just rendered terribly. But, uh,
2: <laughs> I've yeah, only played
1: soundtrack, which I love. I've only played the the demo, which I only discovered it a couple of days ago. That there was a demo on on PS4, so I downloaded it and I. I I just enjoyed it so much. I will definitely be picking that game up and playing it through because although uh, from what I understand I'll be leaving the uh, the multiplayer alone. Oh, well, we it's... played the multiplayer last night.
0: We did. Yeah, we gave it a quick run. I say last night,
1: but uh, this morning it was
2: 2:30 this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we uh,
0: had a quick a quick hour before sleep, but it was um it was actually not that bad. It was That's pretty good. It was fairly hollow. I mean, it's not going to compete with Battlefield and Call of Duty and, and Titanfall, but it's a classic arena, run and gun shooter. You don't, your health doesn't regenerate. It's not about hiding up, you know, cl- crawling up the hill on your belly and trying to get a good sniper shot. It's just run around, jump around, and shoot bullets. So, in that sense, it's quite fun. I don't think it's going to steal many hours of our time, but, you know, I could see myself playing it again. One or two more
1: I, I know Smosh Games described it as uh, the Doom multiplayer as blending old and new concepts together like skittles and fish.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I played the beta and I, I really didn't like that. I don't know if they've changed much or if it's just because I've played the single player now and I'm not as shit. But, um, yeah, it's okay. alright. But right. the single player is where it's at. I mean, I certainly wouldn't <laughs> recommend buying this game for the multiplayer. But the single player it's really good and maybe it's not worth the full asking price if you're just gonna get 12 hours a single player out of it. But mm. When it's half price, I, yeah, I, there's no reason not to drop 25 quid in it. Uh, no. Yeah, it's, such oh, it's classic, pretty good. Classic action. I like the it?
1: fact that
2: uh, there's a nice part in every level um, there's a secret, a very, very well hidden secret, where a door will open somewhere, and then you actually go back into classic Doom. So it's got like oh, nice. all the classic Doom textures, apart from the monsters and your gun slash hand, mm-hmm. um, and that's pretty cool. Nice. You know, just run around in like a classic with all the old fashioned barrels. <laughs> yeah, just nice oh, a touch, just a nod. But... Yeah, so it's pretty good. So I'm I'm enjoying that much more than I thought I would, and it hasn't shit me up too much.
0: Definitely more action than horror. Like in Doom Three, it went a little bit horror-y, trying to get all the jump scares. Yeah, Doom Three was not for me. I think if there are jump scares in this, there not many of them. There's like one or two maybe intentional ones, but most of them are just, oh shit, there's guys behind me, so Mm. makes you jump. Not because it's a horror scenario. I've also been
2: playing it um, in two different ways. Um, I play it on my pc where i've got the ultra wide screen using the keyboard and mouse like right up against the monitor um and then i also sometimes play it downstairs in my living room i stream it to the nvidia shield and then i'm playing it on a 4k screen with a coffee table in between which is what chris recommended <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> so things don't shit me up so much
0: uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. cool that's doom then that's Yeah, worth buying at half price, I think, so. Right, let's keep on the gaming theme for one more bit of follow-up, and I think it was the last show again when we mentioned the Xbox One S, which is the slimline Xbox One coming out very soon. Um, Not to be
2: confused with the Xbox codenamed Scorpio, which is the allegedly 4K one coming out next year. This is the interim Xbox 1.5.
0: And it's essentially the Xbox like slim i think that's probably the main i mean just to make it more confusing it does support 4k output but not 4k gaming Uh... no
2: and to confuse that even more it does have an improved processor but that's so that you can get high dynamic range in some (laughs) supported games on a 4k screen so you have a (laughs) hdr 4k tv and you play uh, forza horizons 3 then you get hdr which so you get nicer color balance but only in that game and only if you've got the compatible TV and all the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. But that improved GPU doesn't help at all in any other games. They'll be exactly the same. There is some upscaling. So allegedly playing, if you've got 4K TV and you play a game on the Xbox One and a game on the Xbox One S, it should look better on the Xbox One S because that's upscaling it rather than your TV doing the upscaling. Um, So it should be better unless you've got a crazy expensive TV with a really good upscaler. Um, but apart from that, I mean, the only real benefit is that, that it adds 4K support for apps, so things like Netflix, mm. um, which, I mean, if you've got a 4K TV, it probably already has Netflix in it, mine does, mm. um, and then it adds a 4K Blu-ray player. Now, the interesting thing about that is that the Xbox One S should start around £250, maybe 260 270 for the 500 gig model. Most 4K Blu-ray players star 350 400 pounds just for the blu-ray player <laughs> so it's a, an amazingly good deal if you want a 4k blu-ray player and you can play games on it as well
0: yeah i guess so um, I've, uh, I've sold my
2: xbox one and i've ordered my xbox one s <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i guess you've done I, that I, primarily I, for the 4k blu-ray experience
2: right because mm. you've got a 4k tv yeah so i will Well, see, it's stupid because I'm probably unlikely to buy any 4K Blu-rays, really, because they're like 25 quid each, and I can just, you know, (laughs) torrent them. Um, So, (laughs) unlikely to do much of that, although I might do a bit. Um, But I kind of want the uh, HDR stuff Hmm. for some of the games that I play. Um, Hopefully, Titanfall 2 will support it, because that's the only game that I play on the Xbox One anymore. (laughs) But I guess
0: I, I guess a big part of, like, when you've got a 4K TV... You want to be able to play 4K Blu-rays. I don't know. It seems like the right thing to yeah. have underneath it, the option to play it, even if you only ever end up playing that two of them. Um, yeah, exactly. Because you'll probably find other... like, some in a bargain bucket, like not super cheap or anything, but there'll be seven pounds for some random film that you used to like, and like, yeah, I might as well buy that 4K just to see it in 4K. Might be a One year of the other or two. nice thing.
2: Is that it comes, with, it comes with their new controller, um, which. Uh, it's got like a textured grip, which is nice, um, but then it also works with Microsoft's proprietary Xbox wireless technology, but also with Bluetooth. So you can just use it as a Bluetooth controller with anything that supports Bluetooth controllers, which is kind of nice because it just makes it a bit easier to use that controller in other places.
0: Yeah, I think I'll probably be getting yet another Xbox One controller for that reason, because it's nice to have... I've got, well, I don't know, I've got my Elite plugged into my... my PC, but... When you've got something which has a wireless controller, other Bluetooth controllers, apart from the Xbox and the PS4 ones, are fairly shoddy, aren't they? So, yeah, they um, are. For sure. So it's nice to be able to use it on maybe an Android Shield or something as a streaming, if you've got like a little streaming box by your TV. But, but yeah, I guess really quickly, other things that aren't enough for me to upgrade, but I think it's kind of cool. The whole thing's going to be white and sleeker. And there's no more power supply, like no more brick sitting next to your Xbox, which is pretty awesome.
2: Um, yeah, the box is 40% smaller, which is like, oh, that's pretty cool. But then it's more impressive because the old one was the massive box and then a massive power supply. Hmm. So it's even smaller than, than that. Not that that really matters, because, I mean, it's pretty brick you just stick it behind the back of the TV anyway, who
0: cares? But, but it is nice. I pretty- mean, especially if you wanted to... I don't know. Take it with you somewhere and play games with someone else. You know, not that I do that much anymore, but I'm sure some people do. So. so
2: the upshot is, if you're in the market for an Xbox One, then it's a good update. If it's if you're in the market for a 4K Blu-ray player, it seems good. If you've already got an Xbox One, then there's probably not much point. And if you're waiting for 4K gaming, buy a PC. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a good good summary. Thank you, Ben. So. Um, Move away from gaming for a little bit before we swing right back with the VR sledgehammer. Uh, In the last show, we talked about WWDC, primarily. And I believe, Ben, you have been using some of the betas on your, I was going to say phone, but various devices, I guess, phone and watch. And maybe it's worth having a quick update, primarily to see if uh, you've had any issues and whether it's safe for other people to upgrade.
2: Yeah, I'm running iOS 10, uh, we're on beta 3 now, uh, on my iPad Pro and my iPhone 6S, and not really had any problems. The only problem, and I know Chris is going to jump on this, is that my Bluetooth doesn't work terribly well now. (laughs) But then that's because, to be fair, most iOS betas seem to break... Uh, The Bluetooth for LE stuff. So, like, Bluetooth headphones work fine. There's no problem with that. And, like, Bluetooth for airdrop, that's all working fine. But, like, connecting to my Hydrate Spark water bottle, which finally came, (laughs) um, doesn't work anymore in iOS 10 because it's buggered that up. And, like, my uh, flick buttons don't work now uh, (laughs) because iOS 10 has sort of broken it all.
0: Um, So, that's
2: the only issue that I've had in terms of the iOS itself is, you know, working fine. I've not noticed any massive battery drain. There was in I encountered a bug in photos in the first beta, which drained my battery, but that was a one-off thing. Um, So now it's all fine. But the main reason I updated my uh, phone wasn't for iOS 10 because I'm not really that fussed by the changes within iOS 10 itself. Uh, It was more for watchOS 3 because you have to update the iPhone to get the update for that. Um, And that's great it's a, a huge change for the apple watch like it's so much faster um and little things like yesterday i discovered something that was probably in the keynote but i just missed it uh which was uh john sent me a, mess- a message yesterday and then i saw it had a scribble thing so i was just going to write boo on like a <laughs> little scribble and i thought it was going to send like the drawing but mm-hmm. it didn't it like turned it into the characters so actually like I could draw the letters and then it converted them into text, which was pretty cool for like a short, a, that's short cool. message.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing that in the keynote and it's uh, really nice because whenever I want to reply to a message on my watch at the moment, I, if I do, it's either a canned response or I try and talk, but that doesn't always work out great. Um,
2: no, some situations where you don't want to talk. <laughs>
0: mm, so it's there really nice places, to be able to just, yeah. just t- yeah, write five characters because you know, five or ten characters is usually enough to get your response across for like later or yes, no, et cetera. So.
2: Yeah. So, but I mean, overall um, for both, it seems like a solid update. Um, I mean, my recommendation is always to people, don't update your primary phone because you will screw it over. Um, <laughs> even yeah. with the public betas, like I can see why they did the public beta thing because people were buying developer accounts just to get the stuff mm. and then complaining. Um I can see why they've done that, but I kind of wish they hadn't because people upgrade and then they complain when stuff doesn't work. And it's like, well, this isn't a Google beta. This is a proper beta whereby it's full of bugs and it will not work well. So you really shouldn't do it on your primary phone. I mean, I I do it on mine because... I don't actually use my iPhone that much. I mean, (laughs) I work from home, so I don't go out so much. It's always plugged in, so if there is battery drain issues, it doesn't affect me as much as it affects other people. And I don't really use many apps that aren't the standard ones. So it's never really a problem for me as it can be for other people.
0: Uh, But the biggest annoyance,
2: the thing that gets me most is that, and it's such a basic thing that Apple could patch, is I don't understand why they let people leave reviews on the App Store with beta versions of ios mm. like someone using ios 10 should not be able to leave a one-star review on an app saying oh it crashes on launch because it's like well yeah it probably will because the apis have changed and stuff isn't working yeah so that irritates me you get a whole load of one-star reviews this time of year from people with beta updates <laughs>
1: that's pretty but it seems cool good. for so, uh, app developers as well so, sucks for you guys
2: yeah yeah so it's pretty shit but that's yeah. That's the App Store. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, so it's
2: a, it's a good update. But um, I mean, I just wait until September. Unless yeah. you're really desperate to see the new notification center.
0: <laughs> I've been resisting pretty hard. And uh, we do the same dance every year. I'll just wait till release. And then at some point around either be- between beta 1 and beta 4, I-, I upgrade. And I have resisted so far. Um, but I think I want my new watch OS now. So I might do it this weekend.
2: Yeah, the watchOS is good
0: Got to wait long enough for at least the first version to go through Because that's usually the one that's Okay, sometimes they drop a doozy halfway through But normally the first one or two are the ones that Murder your battery and then they get over that But I ran it on my iPad if, since beta 1 And the battery, if anything, it's Well, I mean, it feels the same I, Maybe it's better, but it feels the same You know. Um, so if you
2: um, install watchOS 3 um, One bug that I do have is in beta 3 Time travel just doesn't work so ah. <laughs> if you use the little side scroller, just nothing happens. It's like, okay, fine. <laughs> so there, there are bugs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that well might well be in the known issues thing that they give out, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good update. So.
0: Cool. Awesome.
2: It'll be good in September.
0: Nice. So Chris, I've seen a couple of uh, comic-related items on the show notes, and I'm assuming they're from you.
1: Well, yes, it's a good assumption to make. Um, I just thought I'd run through just a couple of updated things. I mean, it's obviously been Quite a while since we have last spoken, so there's been quite a few changes. Obviously, DC's rebirth thing is uh, is in full swing. That's been going for about two months now. Hmm. Um, uh, did you read it in the end, John?
0: I haven't yet, but I'm going. On <laughs> a, I'm
1: going on a trip <laughs> next week. So it, I'm actually, it came out.
0: Yeah, uh, I put it on my so. iPad to read on on a flight next week. So,
1: so I will. Uh, I will once again skip over the, <laughs> the big things that I I w- wanted to talk about, but there's a, a couple of uh, not necessarily. Uh, strictly comic book based things that i was going to mention for dc certainly um uh first of all is that uh jeff johns who is uh, he has been like the chief creative talent behind dc's comics branch uh, and he's been responsible for a lot of the things that have have helped to push dc comics sort of forward over the last 10 years or so um and certainly the re- the whole rebirth initiative I, I believe is his is his baby um but he's just been announced officially as being i think the head of dc's entertainment division now oh cool um he obviously i mean i think this probably came in the wake of batman versus superman which didn't get splendid reviews <laughs> uh, but he's been he has been responsible for things like the flash tv show um mm-hmm. which is you know I, I think it's excellent and it's certainly got a big fan following Uh, So, yes, he's basically just he is now the man in charge of of DC movies. Um, I don't know what that what this is going to mean for the comic book, arm uh, because I think he's been a fairly driving force in all of the good things. Um, But I think it, it, it can only be good news for the DC films, probably because I think like he's really passionate about about all of the material. So I don't think he would let a bad movie go through. Mm. Although I think he was fairly responsible for writing the Green Lantern film, so uh, <laughs> <who knows. laughs> we all make mistakes, eh? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, another thing um, which I noticed uh, it just flashed up on my on my uh, screen actually, as I was as I was browsing, is that um, you know the Supergirl TV series. They are for the second se- season. They're they're actually putting Superman in, oh. uh, which I thought was odd because they they've kind of been really doing this dance of you know, the TV and the, and the, and the films are separate, but we're, we're using all the different characters. Mm. Um, you know, we're not doing any crossover. And then I think as as soon as they've decided that they're going to make a flash movie as well as having a flash TV series and have it be the same version of the flash, I think that's just opened the floodgates. And so they, they've released a photograph of whoever's going to be playing Superman. And the, the costume is pretty much identical to, um, Forget his name now. Who's playing Superman in the films? Uh, um, Henry Cavill. Oh, okay. uh, right? <laughs> so, like the it, the costume is is pretty identical. So I think I'm not really sure how they're playing it, but I think they're they're starting to span out now into into a different tact of saying, well, we've got we've got parallel universes, one being the TV branch and one being the movie branch. Um, but I thought that was quite interesting, um, although slightly curious because. Superman has, has had his own TV series so many different TV <laughs> series I find it odd that he's going to be like a bit part in a different show yeah um i, I don't know whether they'll use that to spin out into a new superman tv series yeah
0: maybe or they're not testing the waters a little bit and they're going to see yeah. if, what the reactions like before they realize whether they want to make their own show or not for him
1: because I, mean, I mean i never actually watched the the Lois and Clark series but i know that that was hugely popular in the 90s wasn't it and um mm-hmm. i did actually watch I think I've seen about half of Smallville, and I really enjoyed that. So I think there probably is a lot of potential. I think Superman probably has more potential in TV series than in films, possibly. Um, but who? I think that you, you could say that for a lot of these comic book guys, probably.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So
1: it's like an episodic format, isn't it? That's yeah. the whole point.
0: And it's more like a comic where you can get yes. a, a long, ongoing stories and relationships instead yeah. of just a one-off,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to Marvel. Marvel has... Uh, just a just a couple of of mentions here marvel's doing their big event of the summer at the moment which is civil war 2 um which when it was announced it sounded like it was just gonna be dreadful because the civil war which was now 10 years ago i can't believe it wow it was it was it was a really good arc um and it, it obviously had some repercussions that that were felt in the comics for probably like five or six years um but now they so they've got that going on but they they've got some they're doing some really controversial things like um i don't know if you are aware but it's 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 been all over the internet so it's not really a spoiler thing but captain america has for like about 2 years been completely depowered and been an old man um and they've recently repowered him but in the, i think he was repowered by the cosmic cube hmm. and um when it repowered him it changed his past or something but anyway basically now Captain America is a sleeper Hydra agent which is is pretty controversial. Like the, I think they had like Captain America Steve Rogers issue 1 and it was just everyone's like "Yeah, it's Captain America and then at the end he pushes a guy out of a plane and just says hail Hydra and they, everyone, the internet just exploded. <laughs> uh, so that's a controversial thing and also I don't know if you've seen but they are Marvel Comics seems to be getting rid of Tony Stark um ah. nobody's really sure um how or why or where he's going but they've made a big thing of saying that um he's basically the 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 role of the invincible iron man is being given over to i think like a 16 year old girl or something Yeah I
0: saw that that's mm.
1: that's yeah. that true Yeah
0: I saw that <laughs> they've, they've <laughs> which is ironic
2: it's, Yeah she's still going to be called iron man Yeah I know <laughs> um, The iron lady would make so much more sense Yeah I know
1: um They've they've obviously recently they did uh, they they replaced Thor they put new Thor in, um, and and that's uh, and that's been Jane Foster who was a uh, character in Thor mm. she's been going I think. For have, you maybe read, two years. have
0: you read any of that?
1: I haven't, but I understand that it's excellent. Oh cool! Uh, apparently, yeah. it's one of it's Marvel one of Marvel's best series has been the the Jane Foster Thor run. Oh, nice. Um, they are actually doing a series at the um, at the end of the secret well during the secret wars arc that happened last year i think one of the th- where where all of the universes collapsed into each other one of the things that happened is that ultimate thor i think died but his hammer was, was lying was knocking around so i think the old old thor who is now depowered is um is going to end up getting ultimate thor's hammer and so he will be rethawed. but um, i think yeah rethawed. <laughs> He's been think frozen uh, he's going to be frozen. Yeah yeah I think Jane Foster is going to stay as main source they've obviously you've got Hydra Captain America but they they put um, the Falcon character Sam Wilson has been acting as Captain America again for about 2 years so it's 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 understandable that they replace Iron Man as well but um, just an interesting decision to take because I mean I think part of Iron Man part of the Iron Man character is the industrial billionaire playboy sort of mm. thing so they're taking it in a totally different arc um, and also, Doctor Doom's getting his own Iron Man armor as well. I believe he's going to become also Iron Man. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, that's just a couple of Marvel things. Um, also, I just noticed that Comicsology are having a massive sale on on Star Trek comics. So I might pick up the Star Trek Green Lantern crossover, which is two ninety nine at the moment. The <laughs> that fuck? can only that can only, <laughs> that can only be excellent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Star Trek Green Lantern. Oh man, I wanna read
1: that. I know, yeah. I'm gonna it's it's gotta be better than when they did the Doctor Who Star Trek the Next Generation crossover comic, which was pretty bad. <laughs> I um, own a copy of that.
2: Do you? <laughs> I do. I own two comics. That's one of them, and the other one is the issue of Spider Man when he meets Barack Obama. Yeah. Excellent.
1: <laughs> a excellent,
2: excellent comic.
1: Yes. Um yes the uh i didn't think that the doctor who star trek crossover was it it wasn't awful but it it was also pretty cheesy so <laughs> i haven't actually read it but i do no. own it <laughs> uh, so that's all for me on comic updates there was just one thing that i wanted to mention super brief um and it's it's kind of an update i, I was listening to another podcast in the week um uh developing a development podcast, and it's it's one that has quite a big uh, listenership, I believe. But um, one of the one of the hosts on that was just talking about how much he loves playing Stellaris at the moment,
0: mm-hmm. and I, I
1: think of John, uh, who awesome. obviously acting engine lead on that. And so oh, I, I had a little yeah. burst of pride as I was driving into uh, <laughs> driving home. Thing um, is right.
0: That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> oh, always nice to hear those stories. That's really cool. You yeah, have to tell me what the podcast was called.
1: Cool. Yeah, I will well I think it was the JavaScript Jabba podcast I think cool
2: awesome
1: oh yeah I have one brief comic book update yeah oh yeah I watched Deadpool (gasps) oh yes awesome (laughs) and you enjoyed it and I enjoyed it massively yeah it is awesome yeah uh,
2: it was excellent but that's mainly because I like Ryan Reynolds
0: so (laughs) (laughs) it breaks a lot of film molds. it's really good that film I love it yeah it's good good film Right, let's sweep through a little bit of news before we move on to the main topic. So, um, tiny, tiny update from me, more just graphics cards really. So, NVIDIA have announced their GTA, oh, maybe it's not GTX, but the NVIDIA Titan X, which is their new super graphics card, or super gaming graphics card at least, uh, which I guess is essentially two 1080s stuck together. Uh, not quite, but if you think of it that way, I don't think you are be getting too far wrong and it's going to cost twice the cost of a 1080. Uh, so yeah, that's just going to be a uber graphics card that no one can afford because it's probably going to cost about $1,500 or something so 1,400 pounds uh, and then there was an interesting Announcement at SIGGRAPH. It's been the Kind of graphics developers conference this week um, The you know big global one and the AMD have announced a GPU that has a one terabyte SSD drive stuck to the side of it and now primarily for running simulations and things so if you're a scientist you can just upload all your data to the gpu and leave it there because it's now got a terabyte of storage but you know maybe one day we'll see something like this come out for games maybe with a 32 gigs of storage on the gpu so that you can upload millions and millions of textures and just paste them in as you want them without going off the cpu so kind of interesting not a huge amount to report other than its existence, so. And ben, I'm very you... pleased
2: with my GTX 1080. Yeah. It's, uh, it's working well. It's I'm kind of really disappointed that the Titan X has come out now, because, uh, I would totally have got that <laughs> instead, <laughs> <laughs> but the is doing fine at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'm still, I'm still looking at a 1080, even though they've been out of stock for two months, like, the day they came out, <laughs> they went out of stock, and they still are, but, um. I think the Titan X is just a little bit too rich for me. So, so uh, there's a game coming out sometime next oh, year there right, is. that you wanted to talk nice about. Ben. Surprise
2: announcement for Sonic the Hedgehog's twenty fifth anniversary, which is this year. So on his twenty sixth anniversary, they're releasing a game, um, <laughs> which is Sonic Mania, which is the um, they remastered like the Sonic games for like the Xbox, the PlayStation, and for iOS and stuff not long ago. So, like, there's um, you know, proper widescreen versions of Sonic Sonic 2, Sonic & Knuckles, Sonic CD, I think, um, which a guy called Christian Whitehead built. Um, and I think I, I could be wrong on this, but I think he's just one guy, and he basically rebuilt the entire engine of the original Sonic games <laughs> and tried to release this stuff, and then Sonic team basically bought it. And were like, yep, we'll get you to do all of these. Um, and they, he, along with some other developers have now built this game called Sonic Mania, which is a brand new Sonic the Hedgehog game, but it looks exactly like the Mega Drive style games and it uses that engine. Uh, cause one of the problems with Sonic the Hedgehog 4, uh, is that the physics engine was utterly terrible. I don't <laughs> know how the people that build Sonic the Hedgehog can't get jumping and falling to feel correct, but they did it, um, So this looks great. I mean, it just looks like exactly what everyone wanted Sonic the Hedgehog 4 to be. Um, I watched eight minutes of gameplay the other day, and they've kind of done an interesting thing. The first level is the Green Hill Zone from Mm. Sonic 1, but they've stitched all three levels together. Ah, So so instead of when you get to the end, you jump through a ring and then you start again, they've put like a bit, so it's like seamless between each one, so that you Mm. just literally run through as if it was one long level, which is kind of cool. But then they've built loads of new levels, and there's like a new... Drop, um, spin attack and stuff, and it looks really good. I mean, it just looks exactly what I wanted from Sonic Four, and didn't get. So is, that comes out February next year. Is
1: cool. this this the same game that they released a trailer for that looked like it was going to be a sequel to Sonic Generations? Because they there was a trailer came out of Comic Con which had like old and new Sonic in it. And I I, 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 assumed that that's what you're going to talk because I saw that and I like I loved Sonic Generations. It was a, a great game.
0: No, I think no, there there's another, another Sonic, Sonic
1: game might be that one.
0: I think there's another right, Sonic okay. game coming out. Yeah. Uh, okay. There is, yeah. Maybe Project is Sonic the... or something. I don't know.
1: It's by the Sonic team, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So uh, I mean, if they do if they do a decent sequel to to Generations, I would be happy because I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they're working on is the other thing, and that's coming out sooner.
2: And then this was like the surprise.
1: Okay, cool, awesome.
2: To celebrate 25 years, and it's uh, yeah. it's great. I'll stick the um, trailer for it in the show notes because the trailer's yeah, yeah. pure awesome. Wicked.
0: Yeah, looks like someone's A-level project, but it's it's cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it really does look like, I mean, there's quite a lot of mods for like Sonic 2 where they've added levels that were... Um, supposed to be in it but then removed at the last minute and people Mm -hmm. like restored and stuff it kind of looks like that like someone's just made a mod for sonic 2 which is awesome but uh but it's all official and has new stuff in it so it's gonna be great unfortunately it won't have music by michael jackson like sonic 3 did (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe. my favorite favorite uh piece of trivia is that (laughs) he wrote most of the music for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 um, and then the whole court case thing fled up and they uh, basically dropped him and were like nope not putting your name on this (laughs) and so some other composer came in and basically took it and just went yeah it's mine (laughs) (laughs) but you can like listen to like some of the songs in it like uh, I think it's the fourth level in Sonic 3 which is like the casino one it's got like a little bit in it, which is exactly the same from the famous Michael Jackson song Jam. It's like identical. And there's loads of bits where it's just blatantly his songs that he did later that they've just kept in.
0: So that's interesting. Real. Maybe I'll replay it. Well the Sonic soundtrack's so good. <laughs> cool. So it's time to move on to the main topic just a few minutes into the show. Um and I recently, I guess, two or three months ago now, got my hands on an HTC Vive, which seems like a good time for us to talk about virtual reality. So, guess just to start. So, I have a Vive and massive gamer. Uh, ben, I believe you're in the kind of camp somewhere in the middle. You're like, mm, I kind of like the idea of VR, but I I haven't got committed yet. And Chris, originally, I
2: was going to get the Vive, and then I've sort of fallen back a bit and sort of gone well I might just wait and see what the next generation brings
0: and I'm guessing Chris you haven't given too much thought to VI and I could be completely wrong but I... my
1: most recent experience with virtual reality was that game show hosted by Craig Charles in the <laughs> early 90s which I really enjoyed <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome but yeah I think that gives us a nice spectrum because I own one and you guys will have uh, hopefully good questions and Intrigue about the the system, so hopefully that will help us explain it nicely. So, um, I'll do a really quick rundown of what VR devices are available today, Uh, and then maybe at the end, we'll talk about the ones that are coming soon. But out now, there could be more, but there is the HTC Vive, which is Valve's offering, and the Oculus Rift, which I guess is Facebook's offering, even though I still see it as. John Carmat offering. Wait, did uh, you say is... Valve? Yeah, like, yeah um... Valve and HTC. Wait, the HTC
1: Vive. Oh. oh right, I didn't
0: realise that. I mean obviously HTC are doing the hardware, but Valve mm. uh, basically the driving force behind it. So, um...
1: Okay, interesting.
0: And then Sorry, there I... are... No, yeah, it's cool. And then there are the kind of at the complete opposite end of the scale, the, the phone adoption VR boxes. So if you have a Samsung S... I'm not sure which phones, to be fair, but there is Samsung Gear VR, which fits a range of Samsung phones. So you just plug your phone in to the front and it becomes a screen uh, and then it feeds sort of your gyroscope information. Maybe the phone does it, I'm not sure, but um, there is basic communication between the device that the phone plugs into and the phone itself, but it's a low-cost VR experience. That's about $100. And then Google have done Google Cardboard, which is a super cheap cardboard box which you can put your phone in with two glass lenses uh, and i actually got one of those a month or two before my vive just for shits and giggles uh, and for ten dollars i mean there are different different versions because it's kind of an open source design even though it's a piece of cardboard that folds up yeah so other people have done slightly more comfy ones uh, so i got one for 15 dollars, maybe or yeah 10 pounds um, and you just slot your phone in and you can watch some 3D videos and play a small handful of games on like iOS Probably a few more on Android um, But kind of a nice way to try out VR if you're not really sure what it is or whether it's something sort of you'd be interested in And then there's one more that I saw called the Avant Glyph, Avent Glyph. Um, And these are lower resolution vr goggles which basically look like a pair of headphones and when you want to you just tilt them forwards and then your these little lenses fit right close to your eye and uses a bunch of mirrors so there's no huge box in your face it's just like a tiny Jordan the forge band uh, huh. which looks cool in principle but they're only 720p screens and the field of view is about 40 or 50 degrees i think instead of 100 so i think it's i, mean, I don't think it's That's necessarily right. yeah i don't think it's necessarily solving the same problem if you know what I mean, I don't know if it's trying to make a fully immersive 3D game environment kind of thing, or if it's a bit more like, well, this is more well specialized and you're looking through a window into a world still. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, that's a really quick overview, I guess, of the, the current technologies. And I guess they fit into two different categories. There's the, the phone driven ones that are cheaper and they make play on the fact you've already got a phone which you can slot into a device uh, and it uses the lenses in order to distort the image, so it kind of gives you a a cheapish VR experience, but it's Mm. cheap, so most people can afford it and they can just play with it and sort of watch a video or two and for ten or twenty dollars it's kind of a a fun thing to play with. And then there's the PC driven ones which are at least six hundred dollars, you know, four hundred and fifty pounds upwards, but that's because they've got very high resolution, small screens running usually at 90 frames a second or higher. I I guess it's very
2: similar to like with 3D how you can have the green and red glasses to do you know oh look that's Mm. 3D and you can move images around and you can even watch films with the old blue and or whatever the green and red uh, lenses were. I had like Blu-rays that used that and they were terrible, but it worked. Um, <laughs> and then you had like proper 3D where you put the proper passive glasses on and had like a big HDTV doing it, which looks way better. I'm assuming that's the difference in quality between using the phone ones and the PC ones.
0: Yeah, I mean, not that dr- drastic. I mean, you get more than two colours from your phone. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, but I mean, you, you did with those 3D three uh, things, I mean, I mean, did the, I mean, it covered the image, but it still worked in full mm-hmm. colour. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just kind of that similar performance cheap, uh, leap.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's definitely the case with the cardboard. I haven't tried the Gear VR. It's, um, you know, it's a bit juddery. You wouldn't want to sit and play with it for three hours like you would maybe no. with a Vive. But for a short 10, 15 minute, yeah, just do this. Uh, And the cool thing is they're so cheap, Um, people can kind of give them away when they're trying new things out, so I think it's um, either Sky or Olympics are doing something soon where they're going to film a whole bunch of events in VR, Uh, and I'm pretty sure you can just get free headsets if you know, but register for the, you know, buy the Olympics package where you get 70 videos in VR. Uh, And we'll just send you a cardboard, because they cost $10. (laughs) Right. Um, So I think that's really cool, because it makes it accessible, and everyone can... It's not just the really expensive dream. Everyone can at least have a play for hardly any money, Um, even if it's substandard. But it gives you... You know what you're getting then, and you can imagine what it would be like with a much better one. So so that's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, so I've got the the HTC Vive. I'm going to call it the first edition, because there's... Hints that there might be some refresh coming with some tweaks. Um, and I guess that's kind of the standard PC VR fare. So the resolution is 1080 by 1200 per eye. And the field of view is 110 degrees. And I think it runs at 90 FPS, I'm pretty sure.
2: Yeah, they do, uh, yeah.
0: Assuming your graphics card can push that out. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's the maximum it'll run at. It. <laughs> yeah. So my 970, I can tell it struggles sometimes. I am eagerly awaiting a 1080 so that I can play a few of the experiences I've played with hopefully a bit less uh, juddering and motion sickness. Um, How does
1: it actually make you feel sick?
0: Only one game has made me feel sick, and that was a racing game. And I'm not sure if that's because of my bad driving, (laughs) or low frame rate, or both.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I mean, I've... I've been in cars with bad drivers and I haven't felt sick. So. <laughs> uh, the
2: scared real question is, done. Sick. have you
1: ever been sick when I've driven you?
0: No. And there we go then. A it's pretty... not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> We've nearly died twice. We have. And I didn't feel sick or oh, really scared in both scenarios. There's a worrying thing.
1: Which was the driving game then?
0: Uh, Project Cars. Supports, right. Um supports
2: vr now it's something which they've added on right okay um, from what i understand if the frames per second in like uh, if it's something where you're literally moving around and you're mm-hmm. fairly close to it if you're going at less than 90 frames a second you will get motion sickness because right. the brain doesn't believe what it's seeing because it's right. y- you could see the obvious glitches and I'm so right. it's very Immersive, like you, you don't notice it when you're looking at it necessarily. Like, some people can't distinguish between like 40 frames a second and 90, but your brain can, and right, you're just sick. Apparently, I was reading a paper about it the other day, it's quite interesting. But the reason people get motion sickness is that the brain basically sees it, doesn't believe it, so it assumes you're hallucinating and thus you've been poisoned. <laughs> so, it you throw up in order to get rid of the poison, which wow. is. Kind of makes sense. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah,
0: that's really
2: interesting. Fun fact on motion sickness.
0: <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess most of the experiences that I've played have been, you're in a room or you're in an environment and you look around and maybe you can teleport around or even walk around in the in the room scale. But in those, I think I've noticed the drop of frame rate, but it's not made me feel sick. I've just been a bit like, uh this is annoying. But in the car game, I guess, because you're going at 100 kilometres an hour around a track, and then when it's juddering, I guess exactly what you just said kicks in. And then you're like, Yeah. your brain is like, hang on, this isn't right. <laughs> um,
2: Something is amiss here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to process this information because he's moving fast and I want to keep him alive. But it's not right. <laughs> so... Um, what
2: Things you just touched upon there, I think, is the most interesting thing about the Vive, which is why I would go for the Vive over the Rift. I mean, minor software details and compatibility aside, um, is the fact that with the Vive, you can do what's called uh, room-scale experiences. So they have like these two lighthouse things, which are like infrared blasters, basically, that you put either end of the room, and then you can play in that entire space. Whereas with the Rift, you can only really sit and look around, you can't, mm. if you move around, it doesn't know that you're moving because it doesn't have that capability, at least that's my understanding of it.
0: Yeah, so I mean, um, that's really where the Vive shines and pro- potentially all of the VR shines in my eyes. So I've got the Vive set up with the lighthouse box to see the side of my desk. Uh, my office room isn't huge, so I can't use the full it's kind of weird, you can put it in, so you can put the Vive in full room-scale experience mode, uh, or you can just put it in, I don't really have much space mode, uh, which is what I've got it in, but when you start a game up, if, it's a, if it supports both, it will kind of toggle between them and then you can teleport around instead of walking around. But some games, even in the room-scale ones, it still lets me play, I just end up walking into desks and banging my head against them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's obviously some games which support the Oculus Rift, so they don't really have support for any of the hand or body tracking. But um, but yeah, so I guess that, that kind of comes out as two features. So there's the room scale thing, which lets you walk around the predefined area like a holodeck, and that's super awesome. Nice. Um, so there's a, a demo which Valve put out for a portal. Um, it's not really a game, it's more of an experience. Uh, And it starts you off in a room and the room is obviously The exact size it should be for you to be able to walk around if you've got space in your house for room scale So uh, you can just walk around this environment. You can kind of interact with things and The other part which is cool about the Vive Which the Oculus Rift may get something similar to at some point, but I don't know how that's going because it wasn't there at launch is There's two controllers that come with the Vive and the same lighthouse boxes track them in 3d space and what's cool is that so you put your vive on then you pick up the controller and you can see it in the 3d world and games are free to re-theme it if they want so in the portal game it looks slightly different like it's white and slightly kind of grungy rusty um sure. yeah that kind of valve uh, portal painted type of thing um but it's still got the same buttons on as the real one. So you're moving your hands around and these things are moving around in 3D space, which is really cool because that gives you a connection to the 3D world and it really tricks your brain into thinking you're there. Um, so you can walk up to things and you like want to open a drawer and then you touch it with the controller and you click a button and you just pull it open and then the drawer opens and you can see all the stuff inside. And you can interact with it. Um, so I think those two things, for me at least, is what makes VR from a novelty kind of, ah, oh, look, I can sit here and look around to something genuinely new and and fresh uh, and super, super immersive. I mean, the amount of times I've kind of gone, huh, what, what's going on? Why isn't such and such working properly? And maybe, why isn't it picking me up? And I've realised that I've walked halfway across the room and I'm facing the walls and i like, oh, shit. <laughs> I just thought I was standing in front of my monitor looking at it still, but when I came to reorient myself, I'd actually gone up to the window <laughs> You know, People outside looking at you going What's he doing <laughs> <laughs> Why is he standing in his window Naked no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, So yeah So that's that's what makes The Vive at least super super Cool for me uh, And overall the Rift,
2: I mean... comes with, sorry, the, the Rift comes with like an Xbox One controller That obviously it doesn't see And doesn't know what it is So mm-hmm. you have like the immersion in the head but you are controlling it just with an xbox controller so the immersion isn't as great but they are coming out with i think they're called rift touch controllers they were announced yeah. a while back just not coming until later this year i think and there's i don't think there's pricing information i could be wrong but uh that's why if you look at it from a cost comparison the rift is 200 dollars cheaper but then it doesn't do full scale tracking and it doesn't have the controllers so it's there is a reason right. why they're not the same price because the actual units themselves are pretty much identical. They're the same resolution, same field of view, same frames per second, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really more about the, the lighthouse stuff and the controllers.
0: Yeah, and the overall, there is one big change in the tracking technology, and I can't remember which way around it is. The, so the VR, the Vive must use the boxes, has the IR in it, and then the camera is on the Vive's headset which is what it uses to track the VR. Whereas the Oculus Rift is the other way around. The headset's got the VR blaster on it. And the camera's an actual camera that you put somewhere, I think. Um, oh, yeah. And there have been various people's reviews and opinions of both of these. And I, the impression I got was that the Vive one is slightly, slightly better. But I could be... Yeah, that could have just been the lay of the land at that time. But I got the impression from when I was reading those reviews that the Vive one is slightly better because you can just put your... The nice thing is you can put your lighthouse boxes, uh and one thing they suggest is that you mount them on your wall or something, right in the top corner, you know, of your room if you've got a big room, and you just leave them there all the time. And then you can just put your headset on and walk around your room and it'll be room scale. So that's kind of cool. Um and I guess that's beneficial if you wanted to have multiple headsets tracked at once. So maybe if they get a bit cheaper and you decide, yeah, we'll get one for one for each of us, you yeah, know, my wife and I and we'll play games together. And I guess you could just use the same lighthouse boxes and have two different headsets. Although so. well, you would probably need two PCs with two 1080s. <laughs> GTX 1080s to drive them. So that would not be a cheap endeavor to play a two-player VR game. Don't
1: get any ideas, Ben. You don't get any ideas. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: Cool. But I mean, the, the headset itself is pretty comfortable. Um, I've worn it for... I guess we played uh keep talking and nobody explodes last week for two hours that was fun and i didn't really feel apart from being a bit hot and sweaty because it's 30 degrees in sweden at the moment um, because you had
2: me talking in your ear the whole time
0: yeah and that just gets me hot and sweaty you know oh <laughs> um
2: i'm getting that motion sickness
0: <laughs> <laughs> danger danger um Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, so it's really, it's pretty comfortable. Like I said, I work for two hours. It's fine. Didn't really feel like I had a problem wearing it. And it's very responsive. I mean, when you've got a game that's running at 90, and you're moving your head around that, that does not feel like there's any lag. And I guess that's critical. If there was lag when you moved your head around, I think the whole thing would, would just not exist as it does today because it wouldn't have got any traction. So, uh, you know, you spin your head around really fast. And it feels like it's got no delay. I mean, I guess there is a frame at least. Um, yeah, 10 milliseconds or something, but you don't really notice it. So so that's pretty awesome. So I thought we could talk about a few of the games and experiences that I've played so far. Uh, we you, Ben, you and I played last Tuesday, I believe. Um, we did. Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes for a couple of hours. And that is a game probably the first time we've games online where you didn't actually need a computer
2: right no um, i um <laughs> it's pretty cool uh, i've been wanting to play it for ages um and basically one of you is diffusing a bomb you'll be in a room with a bomb um, and then the other person has the instruction manual for how to defuse bombs and they'll talk it you through it but they can't see it um so i've got like a 25 page manual printed um and i just sat in my office just chatting to you through like a microphone I couldn't see anything. Um, and then you're in virtual reality with this bot, trying to diffuse it before the timer runs out.
1: And it was a lot of fun. Mm. Sounds Great like managed. a good game for people with virtual reality to play with their poor friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you, can, you can be the manual guy. <laughs> I'm always a <the> manual guy. <laughs> so I'll read you like one of the
2: uh, uh, puzzles, one of the basic ones. So there's like, uh, on the subject of wires... Uh, so, John was like, he'd see like a, a little module which had a number of wires on it. So mm-hmm. then I asked, like, How many wires are there? So it's like, Okay, there's uh, five wires. And it's like, If the last wire is black and the last digit of the serial number on the case is odd, then cut the fourth wire. Otherwise, <laughs> if there's exactly one red wire and there's more than one yellow wire, cut the first wire. Otherwise, if there are no black wires, cut the second wire. Otherwise, cut the first wire. <laughs> <laughs> and so it requires a lot of him describing everything that he can see, and like here's the serial number, here's what's on the side, here's the colorables, so that I can then read through this list and be like uh, okay, yeah, you should probably cut the second one. And then he cuts <laughs> it and it starts counting down faster, and I'm like, oh, yep, sorry, that was the wrong one. <laughs> cut the first one. <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, especially when it gets more complicated. Um, I mean, we only played it for two hours, but uh, later on there's um, things called needy switches, where jungle basically whilst i'm trying to work out how to do something he'll be having to like press a button repeatedly every 10 seconds because otherwise the bomb will go off that kind of stuff Um, (laughs) it was it was pretty good from my side but you should probably describe from your side what it was like i guess
0: yeah so i mean you can play it without vr at all so uh you you can you can indulge your poor friends if you want to um
2: i own the game so i'm gonna make uh John, be the manual guy next time, so (laughs) I can play.
0: But I I think the experience is really enhanced with uh, VR because it starts off and you're sitting in this room and you can see all the kind of bomb marks on the walls from where the last ones went off and everything's a bit raggedy. And then uh, it fades in from black and and there's just a desk in front of you with a bomb on it. And interacting with all the items is done with an Xbox controller, so this isn't like a Vive compatible game uh, beyond having a headset. (laughs) um and the interaction is really sweet like really crisp because you just move around with it's basically a menu you know you can move around all the items with the xbox controller but you can turn it around and you can spin it around in 3d space with the analog stick and you can obviously you can actually move your head around it which is really cool so if it's if you turned it and you can't quite see far enough you just sort of pop your head to the right a little bit and, and look at the serial number or turn your head around 90 degrees to read the serial number on the sign um so things like that make it really immersive, and I think they really add to having the virtual headset. And then, even in the levels we've been playing so far, they, they have added a few events to try and shit you up. Um, so, I, My jump um, scares. Mm, not too bad, but the game's obviously already quite tense, because it's ticking down. You can't always see the time, because the bomb's two-sided, and there's right. some things you have to do on both sides. So you flip it over and you do some work on the side. You can't see the time left. It's already quite tense. You can just hear beeping and things. And then all of a sudden, I don't want to send any spoilers, but there'll be external factors in the room that you might have to attend to. So um, the lights might flicker and go off or something, and maybe there's something you can do about it and maybe there isn't. And a few of these things happen, and you're like, oh, man, there's only 45 seconds left, and I need to tell Ben what what the wires are so he can figure out what one to cut. But it's dark. And then some of the runs ended up with us just... At the end, I'm like, I'm just gonna have to hit buttons, Ben. Him going <laughs> to the beast and cutting wires, basically, <laughs> until he died. Huh. <laughs> there was one. The best one was when we were
2: to do Morse code, and oh, God. John was just terrible at it. It's like a little light flickering, and I've got a Morse code like um, a reference. So all I need for him to do is to tell me the dots and dashes and spaces, and then I can tell him what the word is, so he can enter it into the bot. And he's just going dot dot dash dot. Uh, space ba- oh no that last dash was a dot dot dot, dot dash dot, <laughs> dot dot dash
0: <laughs> pause. got it what no
2: <laughs> the word might be baker but I could try that like
1: <laughs> <to>.
0: <laughs> nope now the time is going down quicker <laughs> yeah. and the red lights are flashing so um, but yeah that was that was a really good experience and I think the VR really added to that um, yeah, yeah I think so I mean we'll see next time if you play it without the VR what how you find it but i found it really immersive because when you've got something to focus on i think that's where every really shines you put it on and the very first thing i do because i'm the sort of person who buys a monitor and then looks at their pixels is you know you're like oh it's all a bit pixely and they're like, oh, around the edges it's a tiny bit blurry and stuff because there's more uh the focus is better and i think there's even a bigger pixel density in the middle of the view because of the way the lenses work yeah um, So the the text around the edge is more blurry than the stuff in the middle that you're looking at. So you focus on all that first because, you know, it's new technology and you're looking for the flaws. But when you actually start playing something immersive, like keep talking and nobody explodes, that all just, you know, drops away and it is definitely good enough now to enjoy it. I mean, it's obviously going to get better, which is going to be cool. But the technology as it is now is definitely good enough just to whack it on and go, yeah, this is awesome. I feel like I'm kind of there and... Yeah, you take your headset off after an hour, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is where I am. Um, so that's really cool. And Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes is a very good game to get if you've got a headset and lots of friends who have got Skype. <laughs> um, and hopefully a printer or an iPad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that was good. Next. I'd recommend it. Definitely, yeah. And uh, really cool. Next up, I played a game called VR Pool. And I played this Swimming because pool simulator it. Swimming pool simulator
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, You just lie you know, on the bed And then you move yeah, it around Left and right <laughs> And then you Can be an Olympian swimmer <laughs>
0: <laughs> No this is more Cool 80s Hustling pool um, And you You start off And you're basically In a, a pub Well I guess it's a pool hall Because there's a bunch of Pool tables around And people playing pool Around you Um Fairly good assumption then. Yeah. I can see why you made Detective. <laughs> 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 I do try. Um, yes, so it's just a pool game at heart. There's lots of different add-ons which they're adding more to, like darts and things. But at the heart of it, there's a pool table and you play pool. But because of the Vive controllers, you can... The pool queue basically goes through the two controllers, so you can you know put one controller on the front of the queue one on the back and then move it roughly like a real queue um, and that was a really good experience that was one of the ones where there, the, at one point the queue was like flickering around and I was like oh what, what's going on why is this game you know, screwing up and then you take the headset off and realise it's because you're actually almost in the corridor outside your door you're like ah so I guess it can't see me
2: in the um, kitchen with one hand in the sink
0: <laughs> in the garbage just whatever the things they have americans have in the bottom of the sinks where they grind the garbage um but yes yeah, so that was that was actually a really cool experience and i don't think i'm going to get pool, get get any better at pool because of it unfortunately that would be awesome but um but no really fun and really immersive and i think you need room scale to really really enjoy it because i kept hitting my table and there's videos online of people who have leant back to take their shot and then smash the tape, you know, smash their screen and things. <laughs> really easy to <laughs> yeah, do I, like, that. I like the fact that you've got this
2: technology where you can literally do anything you want in virtual reality, and so you can like diffuse bombs, you can drive fast cars, <laughs> you can play around in the portal lab, and so instead you play pool when you could literally just you know play pool. And you could get <laughs> the pool table for cheaper than the Rift, uh, so the the Vive.
0: Or, or just go down to the pub and play pool <clears throat> But I can play pool At three in the morning With wine in one hand With people in Germany Maybe, I don't know but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd like to see you try and play pool With uh, VR with wine in one hand <laughs> a fun thing to watch
0: Yeah there is actually that, that reminds me, there's one cool feature on the Vive And that's, um, there's a Well, there is a button on the side, but I don't think that triggers it. You can can push some buttons on the controllers, and it actually turns a real webcam on on the front of the Vive, so you can see the real world in quite low resolution, but you can see through and pick up a glass or something without taking the headset off, and that's actually really useful. Um, Sometimes you just want to quickly check something or look at something on your desk, and then you can. So um, that's really, really super useful. Um, other games I've talked about already, Project Cars made me feel a bit sick, and the graphics quality wasn't great, it was a bit juddery, but overall I think it's a promising promising kind of look for the future, even if it's not quite there yet. Maybe with the 1080. Yeah, I have a feeling
2: a lot of these things will get solved by having the 1080, because like Pascal... Um, Graphics chip does a lot to improve VR stuff, allegedly. Mm. So, I think a lot of this stuff will improve. We'll probably discuss it at length and follow up in episode 16 next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I'll have a 1080 by then?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Out of stock in
0: Stockholm. <laughs> Forever. Uh, but yeah, so Project Cards, maybe we'll do that in follow up in a future show because I, I think the experience wasn't great yet, but I'm hoping it gets better. Uh, and then there was the portal demo, which I've already mentioned. So. Now, there's something cool. I thought of you, Chris, when I read about this. And you may have seen it at the E3 conference, but uh, Ubisoft are doing the Star Trek bridge experience. with. Yeah, VR.
1: I have seen that. It looks awesome, but you... I've heard that it's incredibly boring.
0: Yeah, Sounds like right. Star Trek. Oh, hey!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, not cool, man. <laughs> You can get disappointed by Captain
2: Janeway in VR. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can just go up uh, her and be like, "Can you sign this?" And she just give you a dirty look.
1: I'm
0: yeah. gonna <laughs> charge you thirty quid.
1: <laughs> oh, it all comes flooding back. <laughs>
0: oh, brilliant! But you're right. I've heard it's um, I've heard it's not that exciting at the moment. But I, I still have fairly high hopes that. Maybe they'll add a bit more action to it. I think oh, yeah. the fundamental problem is that if you're the engineer, then in a 15-minute period, the only things you have to do are more power for the impulse drive.
1: Clean the dilithium chambers. <laughs> uh, in fairness, if I was going to have an actual Star Trek experience, I would much rather sit on the bridge as it's just flying through space not being attacked by the Borg and stuff. So it's uh, it's, it's an actual proper simulator of what you would like star trek to be like if it was real (laughs) (laughs) because it would be fairly unpleasant if you were if you were playing bridge crew and there would like borg teleporting in front of you and coming after you i think i don't think that would be a pleasant thing at all
0: (laughs) the achievement is you sat in the captain's jet for four hours and nothing happened yeah exactly. (laughs) exactly yeah but yeah, I'm quietly hopeful that one day in three years' time, when VR is more accessible and, uh, and this game's been out for a while, it's, it's evolved, that the three of us can maybe do a, you know, do a show from the bridge. That'd, That'd be, be awesome. awesome. That'd be really good. Pen it down for the Divide 47.
1: Episode uh, 20. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> ah. So, um... Other experiences I've mentioned already, the Sky and the Olympics. I don't, The Olympics, guys? I, I, I don't know, commission? I don't, whoever they are recording the Olympics are going to record a bunch of stuff for VR so that you can watch it back on... I think the Olympics one is actually really, uh, locked down to just the Samsung Gear VR, which is a bit of a shame. But hmm. um, but Sky are going to be releasing a, a, presumably a channel that you can pay for, and there'll be shows on it which are recorded in full 360. Um, so you can watch the whole experience back, which is which is a pretty cool idea. Um, the big problem I've had when I've just downloaded a few kind of sample videos online to see them in three hundred and sixty is either they're not that high quality, so you're looking around and it's all quite pixely, or you know you download a, con- a minute of a concert or something, and it's awesome, but it's one point seven gigs for one minute. Or. <laughs> Because it's actually high enough resolution for you to look around and see things in HD, so that's where your ultra ultra two hundred gig Blu-rays are going to come in handy. The things they talked Sony talked about when they talked about the PS Four four years ago, um, many layered Blu-rays, I guess. So, but yeah, so I think that's going to be a push for your internet, credit and Chris.
1: I think you'll find that my internet connection has been superb today.
0: It has. Yeah.
1: Thank you for your, your audio.
0: <laughs> Hasn't pushed it to the brink today. <laughs> there you go. See,
1: see, we're, it, everything's improving in Crediton. <laughs> That's why everyone flocks to live here. <laughs>
0: um, other other things are just really quick mentions. I guess they're adding VR to Fallout Four, and there's going to be a few other games like Batman and Assassin's Creed is getting a VR. Environment,
1: I would be interested in the Arkham VR because I the Arkham games are, are just so much fun, mm. they're so much fun to play. I, I can imagine it'd be really very satisfying. Will it be a first person experience, presumably?
0: Um,
1: Otherwise, I don't know how you'd play it. I'm
0: trying to remember, I did read about it, but I've forgotten because I've been read about it. I assume
2: it'd be like an on rails thing that like you just move around mm. punching stuff,
1: which sounds brilliant.
0: Yeah, I guess, um, I mean, first person is one of the things that's a bit more challenging in VR because there's a disconnect between moving a person around with the controller and what actually happens with your head. Mm. Something where you're in a car or a spaceship, say, is really good because your body is fixed and you're expecting to have to use some sort of control device like the steering wheel or the joystick in order to move the ship around. But in a first-person right. game, when you're using the right stick to look around and your head, it's kind of a bit weird. Yeah. Um, so, because of that, I don't know what they're actually going to go for for Batman Arkham VR. Um, but I guess something like Fallout is going to have to be that kind of both using a joystick and and a head to look around. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe it there are a few bad.
2: like shooting games, but you just stand still. Like there's one where just zombies run at you, and you're just stood still, and you just move around and shooting them. And then once they're all dead, then you get teleported to another area. Or some have like basic movement where you can like point on the floor and press something, and then you teleport over there. But you're not going to get like a walking around Fallout doing stuff because obviously you're going to run out of space pretty quick. And it's the movement that is the real issue with VR.
0: And I I'm yeah. really shocked. To not see many House of the Dead type on-rails shooters. I thought that would be the first thing we'd see shoveled out. Um, because that seems perfect for it, right? With the Vive, you can use the the controllers to point around space. You don't have to worry about moving around. You just have an experience. Like, what was the... There was House of the Dead. Maybe it was just House of the Dead again, but there was a one on the Wii as well, right? Yeah, uh, Overkill. God, overkill, such, yeah. Such a good game.
2: <laughs> and there was... Uh, is it Rage? Or something like that. There was one that was... Um... It was on the iPhone as well. It was an mm. on-rails shooter, but they made that for the Wii or the Xbox or something. I think it was called Rage.
0: That would be perfect in, um, perfect in VR. It's only where you're on-rails and you just use your your little in-3D in space controllers to shoot around. That would be sweet. So, uh, yeah. But the Batman Arkham game apparently is going to be pretty short, like two or three hours long, I think. So... Um, but I don't know. I don't know much about it. Maybe, Maybe we'll do some follow up next time. Yes, I guess awesome. it's one of the PlayStation VR things. So, last topic I want to quickly mention was just a quick overview of the upcoming VR stuff that we haven't got yet. So, obviously, Sony have announced the PlayStation VR, which is coming in October.
1: And Ben's yes. very excited about that one.
0: Oh yeah. I I
2: just don't get it. I mean, like the PlayStation for the Xbox One, they struggle to do 1080p at 30 frames a second. How the hell are you going to have decent eyes at like 90 frames a second? You're not. It's just going to be a vomit fest. It sounds terrible.
0: (laughs) One thing I will say for VR is that big, colourful 3D environments that aren't very realistic are still immersive. And this maybe surprised me a bit. Um, So it doesn't have to be a photorealistic environment to be immersive. So maybe they'll play on that and they'll go for something more more cartoony games. Nintendo, colors, Yeah.
1: About gonna... Minecraft, that could work. Although it is actually much more intensive than you would imagine with its graphics. But <laughs> there wasn't there talk about doing Minecraft in VR? Did I completely imagine? No, that? no, that's
0: that is definitely true. That
1: yes. is that's the Hololens. That's right. Okay.
0: I think also VR. I think, think, VR, I
1: think. Oh, probably, probably.
2: I know that they're pushing for it with the Microsoft Hololens, which is like the augmented reality one, yeah. where you like wear yeah. goggles. But it interacts with stuff on your desk, so like you can play
1: Minecraft. See, I think that and one it looks stuff awesome. on your coffee table. Although, isn't it still going to be something like five hundred dollars or something? It's still pretty pricey, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I mean, the Microsoft convinced. follow ends at the moment is three thousand dollars for the dev kit um, <laughs> because it's across so TVR and augmented AR. I guess, like yeah, say, augmented reality. So, um, I reckon it'll be about a thousand dollars when it eventually comes out for the public. Um, but, and you know, people are
2: paying that for the Vive
0: now, very right? Very beefy so. PC. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, Chris, are you any interest in PlayStation VR? Not
1: particularly. Um, I mean I don't I don't do much gaming at the moment, so it's just it's not something that's on my radar, really. I mm. um, I'd like to have a go with it. You know, I I wouldn't mind just if there was some virtual reality somewhere that i could access you know if that if you could go down and had, if there was like a modern arcade or something where they just had a bunch of rooms where you could you know rent the the htc5 for an hour or whatever i'd i'd be up for doing that yeah i'd really really like to try it i've mentioned this before
2: but um the overclockers uk people who've got a shop in um uh, yes it? stoke uh, just near new yes yeah, stoke that's it they've um they've got a vive setup where you go and you don't have to pay anything it's just like a demo you go for 20 minutes and they'll show you how it all works because obviously they want you to buy it from them um so that's pretty cool i think there's probably more game shops that will do that over time
1: so i think that's something you will see yeah
0: yeah so uh, maybe... i
1: think that'll be my experience of it i think probably in the in the, in the medium term, certainly.
0: In the bigger game stores, I'm sure they'll have uh, PlayStation VR on trial as well. Probably not in Exeter because they do like um, small right, but
2: mm, um, they do like road trips and stuff with this stuff as well. Like in London, yes. they had like a Nvidia booth where you could test it all out when it launched. Um, so it'll be around the place. I think I'll probably try it the next time I go to Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be because that'll be cheaper than buying one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, very I'll my fill summary. of It and be like, hey, this was fun. <laughs> of the last couple that I've heard of, there's one called F O V, uh, which has eye tracking built in, so it can track where your eyes are in the what you're looking at in the thing, which is kind of an interesting oh. idea. Obviously, going for a novelty value. I'm not sure if it would actually work very well, but potentially interesting. Uh, and the guys that made Starbreeze, the guys that made payday. Uh, how, they're in Sweden too, but um, somehow they're making a VR headset. It just seems like a weird thing for a game company to, to back, but they're making it with Acer, Aces, and it's going to have five thousand one hundred twenty pixels by fourteen forty, and they, so they've got I think it's four screens inside for almost ten eighty p screens, kind of turned on their side, I guess. Um, I'd be
2: fun driving that at ninety frames a second.
0: <laughs> oh, oh. yeah but I think the idea is that it's going to be a lot wider field of view so instead of just having 110 degrees it's going to have 200 degrees so maybe the screens on the edge won't have such good quality but, but yeah so that's um, that's basically a summary I guess of, of where VR's going and what's coming out soon and what we have now so any final comments from either of you?
2: I think um, I mean it sounds, sounds great I definitely want to try it out but I yes. think I'll probably wait for the next five before I plump for it and sort of see what games come out. Because at the moment, I've not seen anything that I'm like, I definitely want to play that. I mean, there are a few things like I probably would, you know, fly around and Elite Dangerous for a bit in VR. Um, I'd probably play it Keep Talking, Nobody Explodes. and I'd certainly do the portal demo and a few bits and pieces, but there's nothing that's making me want to drop dollars on VR, Um, but if the new one comes out and it's like a slightly better resolution, a bit more comfortable fit maybe a slightly slightly wider field of view, um, then I can see myself definitely getting one at some point Uh, but it's not, I'm not uh, I'm excited to try it, and I can see it's definitely going to be the future and there's going to be all kinds of cool stuff with it, but it's not quite there yet
0: Yeah, and the price is only going to go down, right? Hmm. What would In three years time it'll be $500 for the the new Vive,
1: which will be twice as good. So, uh, I'm, am like, just to reiterate, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to it being, uh, you know, um, a thing where you can, you, a service, you know, where you can go out and mm. and use it. Because I think it, there's potential. There's a lot of potential for it to be like something that you could do as a group activity. Maybe I don't know how many games there are where multiple people can play at once, but they will presumably be coming as well. So. You know, when you can, when when you get to a day where a few of you can go into a room, put on headsets, and play some interactive game, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, that'd be
2: really cool. No, probably. I did see one um, the VR game where it's you can basically play any board game, and I can see mm. that in the future. The three of us, when we want to play D anD D, we just go into virtual reality to do it. <laughs> and Then you could yeah. all be sat round a table, just looking at each other as if we would be awesome to together. <laughs> yeah. being,
0: that sounds awesome. Yeah, and one day when the resolution's good enough, it you know might even be reasonable to work in it and just have a essentially 360 display around you. <laughs> um, if the resolution was twice what it was now, you could probably actually work on it and just have you know essentially an unlimitedly big monitor. Um, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Sweet. So I think that wraps up virtual reality nicely. I yeah, it was cool. That my, was interesting. Final final thoughts pretty much echo what you said i think it's really cool tech it's probably a bit too expensive for what for most people at the moment because there's not a huge range of experiences um but i'm sure within a couple of years there'll be more affordable tech our pcs will be better so it'll be a driver better and they'll probably have got over some of the initial hurdles like have higher resolution and bigger field of view so but it's pretty cool technology so thank you ever so much for listening don't forget to check out our website, www.thedivide.co.uk and you can send us any messages on Twitter at Podcast Divide. Let us know what you might want us to talk about in the upcoming show and we'll consider it. Um, and please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again. Bye.